For a second, I thought that the Mandarin said mandalas. And I was like, um, okay. It'd be a good name for Mandarin. What's a mandala? The geometric pattern. You mean a mandala? Yeah, mandala. 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 Mandala? <laughs> you heard it here. Maybe that's a little too much gain. I'm like spiking the fuck out of this. Maybe. Maybe talk. Talk. Talk, talk, talk. talk. Can you hear me I'm fine? I'm talking. You can hear me too. Kinda. Not yeah, as you much can hear as me. me. I'm just not loud. I know, that's the problem. There's a difference between being loud and projecting. I'm projecting. You don't know the difference between being loud and projecting. I project. You're a vocal retard. I'm projecting. No, you're not. Look at that. It's projecting. No. See, I'm at a regular thing, and it still goes up to the orange. You're, you're quote-unquote projecting. I project. Let's do it again. Projection. See, you got there for a split second, but you can't keep it up. Projection. Say... I, Emily Brummett, am projecting and keeping the voice thing up in orange the whole time. I'm Emily and I'm keeping the voice thing up in orange the whole time. Mm -mm. <laughs> it was, though. Mm -mm. I saw orange. It was in green for I, half of it. I saw orange. It was in fucking green for half of it. Orange. If I put it up. Orange. See, that... That's closer. Because you don't, like, talk. You don't put your voice out any further than, like, two inches in front of your mouth. I talk loud. No, you don't. I'm a You gotta say talker. it from your chest. I am talking from my it's chest. It's like that... Who's that midget comedian? Uh, he's not an actual midget, but he's in all the movies. <laughs> Kevin Hart? He had this bit where he's got, a like, a friend or family member or something... Someone, like an uncle or something that came out of, like, prison, and he was just telling him about, like, what prison life is, and he had to teach Kevin how to talk, because Kevin was just kind of, he wouldn't really, like, he would just basically kind of vocally talk to himself, and his relative was like, you gotta say it from your chest! Say it from your chest! I think I would hide in a corner. Yeah, that's the problem. You gotta say it from your chest. I'm saying it from my chest. No, you're not. From my chest. See, that's closer. I taught this shit. I know what I'm talking about. I got a master's degree in how to talk. Good. Mm. Welcome to episode, I believe, 72 of That Thing with James J. Asher II. I am your host, James J. Asher II, accompanied yet again by... Emily. Because... I live here. She lives here. I live here. And we haven't allowed anyone else to come here since uh, the pandemic started. What? Uh, a year ago, basically? No, it's been March. The middle <sighs> of March. Seven months? It's been like seven months almost. 
Let's see. It started in the third month of the year, really. Yeah. January, February, March. So, like, April 1st is when it really locked down. Yeah. Like, halfway through March, uh, the world was talking about, we're might going to have to shut down. Might going to have to shut down. And then April, it was for sure shut down. It was shut down in March. And that was March 4. Or, so it was March? March, like, 17th. But that's only half the month. So, let's count the first full month. So, there's March, April. That makes it the fourth month of the year, right? Yeah. And that means we're at the eighth month of the year right now. So it's been four months? Yeah. Feels a lot longer than that. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, Let's call my dad. I tried calling him earlier and he didn't answer. He better fucking answer this time. He probably knows what you're up to. I tried to record him and put him on this podcast before, but... um, I told you the full story, but I'm not going to tell the public. Yeah. But shit went south. What the fuck is he hammering down there? Oh, yeah. We can talk about the noise war with our downstairs neighbor after this. I really hope my dad answers. I need an extra guest. Not that you're not great. Uh, you know, we just got to talk to other people too. keep some variety. Hello. Hello, what are you doing? What are you doing, calling me before daylight? It is daylight, you turd. No, this morning. It was day. <laughs> it was daylight this morning. Not for me. I don't wake up until nine thirty. Ooh. He, he what are you doing, waking up that? I called you at like ten. Had to have been. No, no it was eight thirty, eight forty. Well, I was working and I wanted to say hi. And then I was like, yeah, you were awake and everybody else has to be. Uh, uh. Well, yeah, I'm up making money. That's what sure. he does. Yeah, right. What are you doing? I'm uh, connecting my AirPods to my laptop. I had trouble for the longest time. They're not the I, easiest. Got them, I got them connected finally. It's a Windows. I see. That's the thing with Apple is like, if you don't own only Apple products, they're going to make it a pain in the ass for oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a fucked up deal. But now I finally, uh, I forced it. I, I had to take the case out. Everything oh. else is connected up beautifully, easily. Mm-hmm. But with this... Uh, super powerful laptop and I got the latest drivers on the Bluetooth and everything and I had to uh, push the power source on the case on the back of the button on the back of the case yeah you gotta hold it down so the light blinks yeah I've never had to do that really? before I had to do that with everyone the first time it connected and then if it like forgets the device, I have to do that again. I've got the pro. Uh, I've got the latest one. Oh, okay. What's different? So, Hello? I hear your supervisor. Yeah, you're on speakerphone. I've been trying to tell you, but you're talking about your. <laughs> I've got you on speakerphone, and uh, surprise, I- you're on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're the All right. you're our first phone uh, our first phone guest. <laughs> oh. 
Welcome well, to welcome to Loveline. So what's your blessed, issue? Blessed be your listeners. <laughs> so what's uh what's the plan for the weekend? I'm waiting for your mother to bring me a banana split. Ooh. She's making a banana split? No, she Well No. No? <laughs> You're just waiting for it she, to happen. She's out shopping in the safest sense. Like on the laptop? No, she's out in her car, one of her cars. Whoops. She's I'm trying to sign in log into a secure oh. device. Oh, is she going to stop by Bronx? Yeah, you interrupted my login, and I've got it now. Okay. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a personal problem. Well, fuck that shit. (laughs) Kick me out again. Uh, Anyway. Uh, Is she going to go to Bronx? Huh? Is she going to Bronx? I'm I'm reading about... uh, I'm reading a spy novel. What are you reading? Uh, I don't know. I've read... Four books this month already. This will be the third, fourth one. How how long does it take you to read a like a three hundred page novel? Oh God, two days. That's it. Yeah. Are you? I'm a, actually. Read that. Yeah, it's uh, called National Security. It's a Jericho Quinn novel. He's yeah. an Air Force OSI agent who's undercover. What's OSI? <laughs> Office of Special Investigations. So, is that like the FBI of the Air Force? Yeah, yeah. So, the except he's undercover in uh, Saudi Arabia now. He speaks fluent Arabic and Chinese, Mandarin and some Japanese and maybe some Apache because his grandmother, his great grandmother, is Apache. That's awesome. Emily's learning uh, First Nation language. Tell him about it. I'm learning Navajo. It is very hard. I can't imagine. Yeah, Navajo is a whole nother thing, and I'm doing Hawaiian and French at the same time, and Dutch. Very, very complicated in my brain. Uh, so, je ne sais pas français. Oui, je parle français. Ah, je ne sais pas beaucoup. <laughs> Uh, so that's a good, good. It makes your brain exercise. Yeah. Uh, and then I had so, an interview today. So, uh, she had a job you, interview today. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't they? At another place like the one last week. Really? Mm-hmm. How's it sound? It sounds good. I think it went better than last week's. This one was a Zoom interview with uh, more than one person. Cool. Yeah, it was interesting. Never asked for less than thirty-six thousand. Yeah, they they said more. <laughs> <laughs> Never ask less than that. Always ask more. I told her, um, don't even bring up uh, salary. We'll, we'll try to hold it off until they have an offer, because then you yeah you have more yeah. leverage to negotiate. Yeah, it's weird no, though it's- when they ask you, and I was like, I don't know, and they were like, this is what we start at, and I was like, okay. I was like, that's, uh, that's cool. Yeah, it uh, seems good. You shortchange yourself that way. Yeah, I mean, 
if that's what they yeah, want to do. Yeah, just be, be neutral when they mention an amount. Say, hmm, there yeah. you go. Never say anything positive. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's unless it's beyond what you were expecting. I mean, it was. Then, it definitely was. Okay. Yeah. My dad's a master negotiator. That does not surprise yeah. me. He, he can haggle like a Moroccan street vendor. <laughs> I've been... I've been around Moroccan street vendors in real life. What? Yeah. Yeah. When? In 1962. 1962? Yeah, in Casablanca. Time goes back that far? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's been back before the beginning of time. <laughs> it's when the aliens brought us here. That's uh, that's back before they invented color. Everything was black and white. <laughs> yeah, now it was kind of a uh, right. uh, a yellowish <laughs> hue to it. Everything. <laughs> I used to think that when I was a little kid, I'd see like like I love Lucy, and it was black and white. And in my brain, I thought like the world was black and white like that. Like color <laughs> didn't exist till color TV came about. Well, you're not by yourself in that. <laughs> because I thought the same things. <laughs> almost all the movies when I was a kid, not all the movies, most of the movies, well, I didn't see a lot of movies. I saw them on TV, and the ones on TV, TV were all in black and white. And like you, Lucy and all those shows were back and white, but this was before Lucy. Not long. Are you there? Yeah. yeah, we're listening. Okay. Everything was in black and white, yes. <laughs> and I said to myself the same thing. I wonder if all the stuff looked black and white back then. When you were little, you would think about that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. And you would ask, I'd ask my dad, did stuff look like that? Did horses not have color? <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, those were the things on TV, uh, on the movie screen. My dad would take me to see shoot 'em ups, and they were all black and white. They would have shoot 'em ups with famous people like Lash Larue. <laughs> Lash Larue. Have you heard of? You've never heard of Lash Larue? It sounds this like sounds, a makeup. It sounds made up. <laughs> no, but you got it. Lash Larue was a movie character who had numerous movies. Was it like uh, like westerns shooters? Yeah, yeah, like Zorro was made up, and uh, <laughs> Wild Bill Hickok, all those oh, yeah, guys. Yeah, but yeah. those those were real people. But no, there were people like Lash Larue. See, uh, <laughs> you're uh, the Lone the Lone Ranger and oh, all yeah. them. And I I imagine stuff being old it had to be dark, different colors, right? It's just it makes sense for little kids. Yeah. But you can't imagine little kids now thinking stuff's in black. Even you guys. We, we're like the last generation to grow up without cell phones. I had a cell yeah, phone I, in the seventh grade. Yeah, that's true. But you had them pretty Pretty early. Like Fairly I, early. I remember, yeah. I remember mom had the uh, Palm Pilot and you had to... With the little <laughs> stylus, you do those little, like, symbols to write with it? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a shorthand. 
Right. And it was a, it was mainly a calendar and a notebook. But uh, the software for it, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> but I was already working on uh, DOS then. Wait, you in, were working uh, on DOS? On my, on my computers were DOS-based. I had a computer that was DOS-based before the truly functional Windows came out. That was in the late 90s. You've always been a very early adopter with technology, haven't you? Yeah. I can't wait for the next thing. I'm looking forward to getting a uh, Galaxy Note. Ultra Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. Oh, that's coming out now? Five five gig. Yeah, they're (laughs) out now. Well, they'll be out in a week. Oh. And, And you know, I'll have to buy a purse to carry one in. (laughs) (laughs) I can't afford it yet, so. We'll get you a fanny pack. I'm looking forward to my kids buying me one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Emily will be able to get you one. This is, a, this is a box that has images in it. They're real life. James might draw you a picture of one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I can imagine my father, for example, seeing color TV. Well, didn't you guys he, have he, color he, TV? He died in 65. They didn't have a color TV. The color TV was around, but vast majority of people didn't have one in 65. It was the late 60s before they became more common. And even then, they sucked. How, how old would my namesake be now if he were still alive? Whew, let me see. 121. Woo! 120? So he was born 1899? 1898, really. Wow. Um, I think he was born in eight, I think he lied about his age. <laughs> I think he was born in 1897. But oh. <laughs> uh, there are conflicting documents. It's cool so, how that happened. Like, they used to he, always have these weird conflicting documents back in the day. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Emily, he's, you're right. My dad was applying, had to apply for a birth certificate. Uh, when he was going to teach in Oklahoma and he had to get another birth certificate and James's grand great grandfather uh, William Thomas Asher signed it and they dated his birthday as 1898 and I can't remember who it was I think it was one of my aunts who said now he was born in 1897. So, so even within the family, they were like, when the hell were you born? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One or two years difference didn't make much back then. If you lived to adulthood, my wife, my wife, my mother was one of 13 kids. Holy shit. And I was only, this would include stepkids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, I only knew three. Uh, there were four when I, four or five when I was born. But most of them were dead, had died by the time I was born. You, you were the baby of the family. 
Yeah, these would have been my uncles and aunts that I'm talking about, and they were most of them were dead. Well, at least half of them, and I only met two, three of them. Let's see, your aunts were uh, Vanda and Loni, right? Lona. Lona. Lona That's Vanda. a cool name. That, now they were pronounced Vandy and <laughs> Vandy and Loni. Vandy yeah. and Loni. Which one made the big biscuits? Uh, Aunt Loni. She made biscuits as big as a plate, nearly. Oh wow! Big as a sa- big as a saucer, literally. And uh, and there's never been anything. She would make a big giant bowl of gravy. Mm. And she would feeding. Let me see. She was used to feeding six or seven kids, and they all did physical labor. And this was for breakfast. She would make a big, big pot of gravy, uh, a stack of uh, those biscuits, and then she would make slabs of bacon and sausage Ooh. piled on a plate. And then she would pile a bunch of fried. She would fry a bunch of eggs in the uh, uh, bacon grease and put them on a plate. And there would be uh, homemade jelly and jams. Mm. Yum. And uh, this would all put up, be put on the table family style and oh. pass them. Question uh, for you. That was amazing. <laughs> Everybody, even my mother loved to go there and eat. So. Do you like white it, gravy or brown gravy more? Uh, brown. I'm a brown gravy guy. What? Brown. I thought you liked white gravy with, you know, like pepper in it. Well, no, that's... I don't consider that white gravy. I like uh, I like bread for beef and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, generally, I like brown gravy for breakfast. Gravy is a cream gravy. Right. Um, that's got uh, bits of sausage and or bacon grease in it. Kind of like the gravy they do at Brahms for the. Uh Biscuits and gravy. Yeah, yeah. No, that sucks. Where they chop up, what they do is they hack up uh, leftover sausage and put it in there. Yeah, bronze. <laughs> and I don't care for that. This is nothing. That's nothing. But I have to say, Brahms and McDonald's are closer to uh, old-fashioned gravy than that you can get commercially. Huh. Uh, it's just not as good. It doesn't have grease. Didn't didn't some of your um, uh, relatives have dirt floors in their house? Yeah, my mother uh, basically grew up. Her stepfather they grew. He grew. Uh, he ended up being a quite pretty well off landowner. Huh. Um, you met one of your cousins who live they live over in Arkansas now who was a uh, top sergeant master sergeant with a star in the center he was a top kick in the army he retired he was in army intelligence huh. signal intelligence corps um, they live over there in Arkansas he's our basically our first cousin like Garland except their step oh. it would be my grandmother's uh Stepchild, step grandson, and Granny was was from Arkansas, right? Yeah, she grew up in uh, 
Johnson County, Arkansas. Most of them grew up, grew up in Johnson County. Where was Grandpa from? Johnson County. Oh, there is that where they uh, met? Uh, they met around Clarksville. What they did, back then there were little communities and uh, people eked out livings in the mountains. And this is mo- mostly mountain country over in there, and there was no big farms like there are here. Mm-hmm. Or in, especially in central and western Oklahoma, no giant farms. People grew enough for what cattle they needed to feed their families and/or sell. Sus- there were no big cattle ranches over there. Just sustenance farming in the Ozarks. It was, yeah, subsistence. Subsistence, yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, she grew up there. My dad was rich. By comparison, his, his, my uh, your grand, great grandfather William Thomas Asher had uh, a team of mules, and your wealth was pretty much uh, governed by the number of cattle and uh, livestock that you had. Because that way, you could do more labor. Yeah, you could do more labor, and you could. Uh, uh, well, you didn't put your money in bank. Your bank, your money was not in a bank. Mm-hmm. Banks weren't a big deal then. Your money was in livestock and land. Huh. And uh, so, their first date was in a surrey with a fringe on top. Was a what? Their first date was in a surrey with a fringe on the top. What is that? Like in Oklahoma. Well, it's a buggy that's got a back and a sides. It's made for riding. Oh. It's made for carrying a couple of people, or some of them are big enough to carry a whole family. Yeah. it's a, It would be padded seats, and it has sides, uh, 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 top, and then it would have tassels all the way around. That's called a fringe. A oh. with fringe on top. And they'd have one horse, or it depends on the size of the Surrey. And uh, there's a song about that in the play, Roger Naberstein play, Oklahoma. Oh. And the first date is a Surrey with a fringe on top. And that's what your mom, your grandma and grandpa, their first date was in a Surrey with a fringe on top. Sounds like something out of a movie set in the old yeah. west or something well your, your grandpa hunted with his brothers and cousins but he would go on horseback or on top of on a mule because he was paraplegic and they would he would hoist himself up there with his arms but uh, he would have to kind of tie himself on there but not totally because you couldn't get down if the horse had a problem or something and yeah he would go hunting with the guys on horseback and see grandpa had polio right well he had some they don't know oh uh, they the uh, the suspect disease or, or whatever caused it when he was uh, I'd imagine it was 1902 or so or 1903 he had some kind of uh, ailment, and he ended up paraplegic. And so from five or so, 
on up, he used he had to use crutches, and he walked on crutches, and he would walk miles a day. Even when he was in his sixties, he would uh, on wooden crutches, and he never used one with they were oak crutches. Huh. And he was very particular about them, and uh, he would uh, walk all mile to town every day just to visit in the heat when he was an old man. Well, when he was elderly back in the uh, 50 years ago, 65 was elderly. And he just lived and his life was, on crutches. Uh, 60, he was either 66, maybe 67 when he died. Huh. I'm not sure. He have a heart attack? Yeah. And it wasn't his yeah. first one either, was it? No, he had one. Uh, he had had one 10 years earlier. And the doctor, the only doctor I had known since I was, uh, had said that uh, if he lived 10 years, he'd be lucky. And that was, that's how much longer he lived. But he never stopped doing anything. They didn't talk about, <laughs> they didn't talk about food or behavior or that sort of thing. Yeah. And he, he walked everywhere anyway. And he was a girls basketball coach for a minute, wasn't he? Yep. <laughs> I figure in a town that's uh, south of us now, about uh, 20 miles. Oh. Uh, it's right. It's actually almost between can, uh, Canadian and Hannah. It's and, just on the opposite side of the river. And he was a judge, right? Yeah, he was a uh, justice of the peace, which was a common opinion. It's a court of arraignment back in the day. Huh. So judge... And he taught school. The guy that uh, helped us remodel the house here was one of my dad's students back in uh, 45 after World War II. Really? And uh, Yeah, he was east of you fall. He said my dad whooped his ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> but he liked him. He always liked Judge Asher. Did um, did Grandpa, I forget if I'm like mixing these stories up, but I know that um, Rex used to go up to Seattle for the, uh, the <laughs> whorehouse, I mean for work, <laughs> and Garland would chase after him. Um, yeah, did Grandpa uh, go work the at the factories up cousins. there? First, my uh, uh, Rex went to Seattle. This was during the war. And he'd hitchhike, couldn't he? Uh, yeah, he rode the train, and then he'd hitch. The, it wasn't. It was pretty common for people to hitchhike then. It's like Jack Kerouac. Yeah, that's just if you wanted to get around, you'd hop on a train, or you would uh, hitchhike. And uh, now he he made his way by whatever means, he was just out of high school. And uh, actually, your Uncle Rex attended his, uh, is that hot babe still there? Yeah. Okay. You knew who I was talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, your Uncle Rex, uh, when he came his graduation, he got the mumps. Really? Yeah, and he wasn't allowed to go into the graduation, and he left instead of staying home and it could have killed him back then the mumps yeah he had the full mumps he went and stood and watched the graduation it was raining he watched through a window at the high school in Anna 
Yeah, he must have been bummed. Did I ever tell you that one? No, I didn't know that. No, it's a true story. My mom used to tell it, and then I'd ask him about it, and he said, well, I wasn't going to miss seeing it. So, (laughs) uh, anyway, no, he graduated, and he made his way up there and got a job, and uh, uh, he and my dad had talked about it. He made his way up there and got a job in a... uh, War production plant, and I'm not sure what they made. And I think he worked in for Boeing. Oh, oh and he worked yeah. for Boeing after the war too. And he was uh, in the war, right? He was in two oh, wars. Yeah. yeah, he was in uh, in combat in New Guinea and in the Philippines, and uh, he. Uh, I'm the only one he ever talked to about it. And that was when he was older. And then he was in combat from the first through the end of Korea as well. So he was in two, <laughs> he was in two wars. I remember, I remember one time you showed me or you got out, out of like a safe deposit box or something uh, some of his military stuff. And in there was a journal of his first trip um, out of the States heading into the Pacific. Well, it wasn't his journal. It was a journal of a Japanese officer. No, there was one where he was talking about it, how like people would disappear uh, off the ship. Yeah, that's something else. Yeah, I won't talk about that one. Okay. All right. I've read the only that one. one. I talk about is, and I still have that stuff. I have it's a journal of some time of material of a uh, uh, he got from a Japanese officer. He's got a knife and some other things. I haven't seen that one. And some coins, and I don't know if I gave that knife to one of his boys or not. But they're not really interested in that stuff, and I'm not giving it to them. <laughs> so, fuck that shit. <laughs> uh, uh, if they're not interested then I'm not I've told them before so I've got all of his uh, service ribbons and his uh, combat entertainment's badge huh. and it's a unique one it's red I've never seen one like that and I've never heard of one like that and I've looked it up what? And I saw it on his uniform in a photograph. What branch was he in? He was the Army. He was a uh, at Five Stripes when he quit. Is when that, he resigned. What is that? He, uh, he was, he, all he had to do was stay in another eight, ten years to retire. But What is that, like a super sergeant? Five Stripes? And then it was... Uh, Sergeant First Class is what it still is. Sergeant First Class. The, the next next highest is one stripe in the army. This master sergeant. Oh. And and if he had behaved, he would have been a master sergeant. <laughs> what did he I'm misbehave? Not, I, I would be surprised if he wasn't a master sergeant and didn't get busted. So did he misbehave? Um. Yeah. He was kind of like your father. I no, he was. <laughs> yeah, he liked to party and uh, fight and stuff. 
Emily thinks that all Ashers are misbehaviors. Oh, no. Um, Naughty boys. I very seriously considered becoming a priest. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. After I saw James for the first time. (laughs) 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 You said this this is a holy, blessed boy. Mm -hmm. It's a sign from God that I should... It's my calling. The Antichrist. It was a warning warning from Satan. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you ask about uh, my dad. My dad did the same thing. He took a train, and he went to Seattle, and he worked in a uh, work plant. He did uh, book work. I don't know what he did. Oh, he, He was a record keeper of some sort. Okay. For a war in a war production plant, and before he went up, our, uh, Rex's cousin, my dad's nephew, our first cousin Garland, who just died two years ago, from right across the street, he went up and joined them. And he was and, younger, uh, wasn't he? He joined the navy. Rex joined the army, enlisted in the army as soon as he was. They were both seventeen. When they went up there. Wait, I thought Garland was a bit younger than Rex. Six, six months. Oh, Rex okay. went in the RV, and when Garland turned 18, he went in the Navy. Well, and Gar- he was in the Pacific. But, uh, you know, those were different times. And yes, it was Technicolor. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the things they saw. I can't imagine the things I've seen. So, so what? uh, They were up there until the end of the war. Uh, My dad was up there until when I was born. Really? Yeah. He came home, put some bread in the basket, and then went back. He actually made two trips home, and I refused to come out. (laughs) And he had just left and gone back, and then I came out. (laughs) Um, What was Granny like? Oh, Granny was a babe. Didn't she was, uh, I'm listening to my aunts. They said that she, her grandma, grandma was a beautiful woman. And from uh, the old pictures that they took back then, in an old-fashioned sense, you can see she had, uh, she had beautiful, lovely features. Like a, and, like old Daguerreotype? Pictures on the tin. Yeah. yeah, there are a couple of her at that age, and there are no pictures of her really. Uh, there are a couple of pictures when she was in her thirties, uh-huh. during the Depression, and there's one of her and Kiwi uh, and BB and Rex isn't in it, and they're out on this farm west of town, and that's looks like a depression photograph except they weren't that bad off uh, I mean everyone was affected by it right but, and and uh, the dust bowl yeah but the dust bowl wasn't really bad here it was out in the uh, Kansas part of the state. out on the plains is where the dust bowl really was 
And they still the and they're still missing all that topsoil, aren't they? The dust the dust bowl was like a uh, biblical cataclysmic thing. It was uh, if you've read about it and seen documentaries about it, it was uh, it's amazing. More people didn't commit suicide, and there were thousands that did. I guess it was amazing. Have but you ever? When, oh. Have you ever gone uh, looking for diamonds in Arkansas? For I, I went to Arkansas. My they used to go over there and visit my one of my well, a couple of my uncles when I was a kid, and we'd go over and spend a night or a weekend, a couple of nights, with one of my uncles, and uh, uh, I'd mess with the farm animals and draw water out of the well and that sort of thing. Yeah. And because, I mean, they had the same thing, but they only moved into a, a small town here when I was born. Right And right at the end of the war, that's when they moved into, from a farm themselves. After World so, War One. Yeah, so that was unused. Uh, yeah, no, World War Two. Oh. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that <laughs> It's like 5,000 years ago when you were born. Yeah. Give me uh, 20 more years for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, let me see. My mom would have been... Uh, my mom would be <clears throat> She'd be 114 years old now. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was, you know, she was 39 when I, yeah, 39 when I was born. Really? Yeah. So, like your mom, your mom was like 50 when you were born. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be glad to hear that. Oh, yeah. Martha's going to come for you. You better watch She's your back. That banana splits can She's be late. She's in there eavesdropping anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about uh, the first time you ever used a uh, a computer, like a PC sense. Oh, jeez. I thought you were going to ask me something about using my hand or <laughs> something else. So, uh, I was 10 for that. <laughs> Where you, where you figured out you had hands? 1982, 1981, I had the first, no, it was about 1980, I had the first, uh, had a DEC computer. What's that? The name of the company, DEC, on my desk. And we got uh, hooked up for, uh, between campuses, you could send emails but they weren't really emails you could send dos you could send dos messages there were no windows then so it was like an early internet and it was an old version of dos too it was but i could do uh spreadsheets on it and it was very cumbersome the thing is though you could print them out uh, on uh, uh dot matrix printers oh yeah and uh, my uh, my boss, who was, oh, I'd say 20, 30 years older than me, I mean, he was kind of like 
fuck is that thing? You know, it's just, uh, it was like a, uh, an alien, uh, alien device on my desk. So, but I ran, I did all the, uh, well, I, I was controller for the budgets for all the colleges and, uh, the fine, all the finance attributes. And I was able to do estimates and that sort of thing on the, the computer it was cumbersome but i enjoyed doing it but i didn't have my own personal one until i think 91 or 92 mm. 1991 or 92 and it was dos based too and it was an epson i can remember i have very early images in my head of you at a computer uh, in the basement in denver in Lakewood. Yeah, I was down there and I would play, uh, <laughs> I would play Doom. Wouldn't I cry when you died in those games? I love, I would play Doom now if I, I, I just, I still, I would still, you could still play Doom. There's new Doom now. It's very hard. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've been through every image, every second of the original Doom and Doom 2, and uh, then every id-based uh, game afterwards. Quake? So, no, I was a, an early gamer. I've... Uh, my, fav- my favorite were the MechWarrior games. Oh, I yeah. Was, uh, I was good at that, and I became a con. And, uh, no, I loved the... Uh, Mech Warrior games. I mean, you would sit in the top of a mech and wage war. And, and I wasn't as good at that as I was. As uh, I didn't get to spend as much time at it as I did Doom. Doom Nukem. Oh, Come yeah. Get, Come get some. Come get some. You want some of this? Come get some. Uh, you know. There, I love Duke Nukem. There's a updated Duke Nukem too. <laughs> yeah. No, I I love those games. I am I I shake too much to play anything new. So in the bedroom, I I have a poster up the original uh, Doom you, poster minute, from the wait re-release. Minute, wait a minute, you have a bedroom? Well, I mean, it's the apartment. It's the it's, room. It's attached. It's but, the room. <laughs> I, I still have a poster from the Ultimate Doom from 96. Yeah, well, I've got that. Well, I've got the poster I have, from... I have, all of those, I have all of those games. The originals. I have, I have the board. But you have to understand, back then, those things came on um, big floppies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fat floppies, big floppies. And but there'd no, be about... I've got the discs for all the dooms. Yeah. And there'd be about ten of them. Like, for the next level, you have to put in another disc. Yep, yep. And... Uh, I, did, I, I did them all... Uh, you didn't do... You didn't play the games with keyboards. You mainly you played with a joystick then. And that's where I, I would prefer to do everything. I, I might be able to play some now if I could use a joystick. But I can't with a keyboard because I point at one key and I'll hit four over from it. So <laughs> that's like putting food in my mouth and then I'm lucky it doesn't go past my ear. How's how's Taz doing? 
he's fine. He got his bath this morning. His mama got him out of bed and bathed him, and he's all white and fuzzy and uh, blinds his bat. <laughs> but he's a, he's a happy boy. His hump in the back, he's bent in half, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's walking pretty good. Some days he's better than others. But he's walking pretty good today. That's good. How's Sookie? Yeah. Sookie, she's she's a feral cat. So she's herself. <laughs> she's not. She's crazy. She. Your mom takes Taz out on a uh, leash, and I don't. And uh, she's better at it than me, getting him done. Yeah. But Sookie follows them around, but she's always at a distance. <laughs> she follows your mom around. Your mom went out and she worked in her gardens. She's got one, two, three. She's actually got four gardens. Really? Two of flower, two big flower gardens and two uh, vegetable gardens. And you've got and, your uh, uh, potato field. Are you got a field of potatoes? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't dug them up yet. So. No, they're still growing. I hope so. I haven't been out there in a month. I'm just letting them do what they can. When are you supposed to dig them up? Probably a month ago. <laughs> but I'm not going out in this heat. Fuck yeah. that shit. Yeah, that's too hot. I heard you guys I, have been I, getting you know, rain. I'm, you know, 65 is just old nowadays. It used to be elderly. That's not anymore. <laughs> now, I'm 76, almost 77. I am elderly. So... You're 76, and you have a better command of technology than a lot of people my age. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. It's uh, uh, it's impressive. I, probably gotta, I, I agree to that, but that's something that I'm, uh, I've always been interested in. Yeah, I mean, my grandma's 88, and she cannot do anything with technology. Nothing. Hello? You hear me? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? No, uh, now. All right. I just went. Yeah, Emily Hello? was talking, so it went out. Yeah. Yeah, my voice okay. does that. Your grandma is 88. Yeah, she can't do anything with technology. Like, Hello? anything. Can you hear me? No. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> It doesn't want me to ask the question. I'll let James talk. He's louder. What's going on? Can you not hear me anymore? Yeah, I can hear you. I can't hear it. When Emily speaks, it, it cuts. blinks out. Uh, yeah, she's a problem. <laughs> Technology always craps out on her. She's too hot. The machine can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> The batteries always die really quick on whatever she's using. So what's, what's, I want to know about her grandma. You tell, tell him, let him tell me. Uh, her grandma is 88 and uh, doesn't know anything about any kind of technology. Well, you know your cousin Garland? Yeah. He was uh, just turned, he was 92 when he died. And when I moved here, he was my age. I am now. He was 70. Well, 
he was about 75 mm-hmm. and he didn't even have a computer but he saw me working on the computer all the time and building he you know he actually helped me build a gaming computer really because you know he was a master electrician are oh. you hearing me yeah Hello? Can, can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah. He was a master electrician. He was a master electrician. And so he would, he'd come over and he'd see me messing with the computer and I was building a computer. And sometimes your ma would help me when I needed two hands. But, uh, you know, I was building a gaming computer. I built three since we moved here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he helped me with the last one. But he was, he became kind of fascinated with it. And his pure interest, he wanted to do research for Family Tree. Right. And I showed him what he could do. Uh, and Google was getting started pretty good. But then we're talking. By the time he was 80, I had helped him buy his a basic uh, desktop computer. And uh, he was all thumbs because he had these fingers that were like sausages. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, but he was steady as a rock, but he couldn't, he could never get in his mind that a file was like a cap with information in it and you could sort you could have different cabinets with your files for sorting and that sort of thing. He had trouble with the software understanding the concept of the software, but he was able to research and I mean I set him up on all of the software. Yeah. He he did emails, he did uh, he would scan I taught him how to scan photographs. Uh, he scanned photographs and he would email photographs and he would place photographs into his genealogy uh, program that I set up for him. Yeah. Family tree. And he did, I've got the, uh, the database to his program. I don't think anybody, any of his kids have it. I have it. And uh, he did a, a very large Curtis family tree. And uh, it's got a lot of Asher in it. And he's got a ton of photographs in there that he did himself. Hmm. But he was fascinated with it. And by the time he was done, he had, uh, uh, I bought him, I helped him buy a, uh, he had a, he had a laptop, he had a notebook, he had two desktop computers. Mm hmm. He had a notebook, and he had three printers. <laughs> he had, uh, uh, and he had a uh, an iPad, and the iPad threw him for a loop. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it just he just couldn't, you know. Uh, that was uh, the touch idea was beyond it a keyboard he was kind of okay with but it wasn't unusual for me to get a call at midnight 
You deleted this file when you were over here this afternoon. Uh, I remember you getting those calls. For days. <laughs> you deleted this file, and I'm, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Shit like that, no. And I'd go over, and he'd just hidden it from himself. Oh, yeah. He'd touch, you know, he'd uh, held down the, the, key, uh, the pad on a mouse and moved it. To a different something to a different folder and that sort of thing, and di- and didn't know where what folder it was. But it was pretty amazing. The pro- I mean, he started when he was seventy five, and learned computers, and it had to do with uh, desire and lack of fear. But his big problem wasn't the uh, the equipment; it was with. Uh, but he was amazed at what you could do with him. He just couldn't fully grasp all of it. Right. Yeah. He couldn't grasp the software. Couldn't get his mind around a lot of things. And, they, you know, you guys have a lot of things that I'll never figure out. So I don't know what that would be right now. I wonder what uh, kind of stuff, when we're older, what we won't be able to wrap our heads around. See, that's what, one of the things I I hate dying and leaving the people I love. But I have a, about almost an equal desire not to die. I'm missing all the books I haven't read. Yeah. And the books that I haven't that haven't been written that I haven't read. And all of the technology that's coming. I just fascinating so in that respect I hope I'm going to become a spook and hang around and hmm. watch you guys what kind of I promise, I promise to close my eyes when you're naked <laughs> especially you guys <laughs> God almighty <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm naked it's like I'm wearing clothes anyway I'm so hairy <laughs> yeah, like does he have fat toes like you? I don't. I don't know. My dad had quite a bit of body hair, but it was not curly. It was silky. Really. James yeah, is part he had werewolf. Black. He had black hair. Literally, he had black hair on his head mm-hmm. until he, you know, until he went uh, gray. Oh, gray. But uh, he still had most of his hair dark when I was a kid. But then he went gray, but uh, his body hair went gray too, kind of. Huh. But uh, I remember looked, when I was a little kid seeing the, the long black hair on his arm. I was fascinated. I used to watch, be fascinated watching my dad shave. And it was the same. You know, those old single blade razors. Oh, yeah. One that was a one blade. He didn't use a. Uh, when I was. I guess until a war, he used as a straight razor and a strap. Right. But then I don't remember ever seeing him use have or seeing him use a straight razor. Have you ever gotten a shave with a straight razor? Well, yes, I had one in France. What? Three years ago. Three years ago in March, I got a haircut in Paris. A, yeah, right in the center of Paris, uh, about. Uh, 200 yards from uh, Notre Dame. Before it burned down. There, there are two islands right there together. Mm-hmm. Old Paris. Uh, and this is the city center 
and that's where we were staying on that island. In old Paris. And I was, yeah. And we were, uh, uh, the next block down, I had to get an appointment, and I had to wait five days. And this um, uh, Middle Eastern guy, there were five barbers there, and you had to have an appointment, and it was clean, and there was no smoking, and that sort of thing. And uh, it was really expensive. But he gave me a scissor haircut, and then uh, it was the best haircut I ever had. And shaved, and he shaved too. Me. He gave me my first ever, well, it wasn't a first ever, but he gave me a barber shave, and it was like he would pull my skin. He would put his fingers on my skin and separate about an inch worth of pores. Yeah. And he would just work that area. Oh, wow. And I, I was in his barber chair for more than an hour, probably an hour and 10, 15 minutes. Your mom was waiting on me. <laughs> but she was she was out spending money in the shops right next to the place, probably. Best time. And it's her money. She was buying scarves and shit. And stuff that makes me wear. Uh-huh. And uh, this guy shaved me, and I didn't have to shave. I don't have to shave every day much anyway, but I didn't even have to shave my neck. Wow. For th- three days. And two days later, I looked back. I was fresh person. I shaved myself. Huh. I, I could rub my hand on my face and my neck. He would put his hands in different places on my neck where your hair goes different directions. Uh-huh. And he would find that, and he would eke out the hair of the nooks and crannies. I never felt or seen anything like that. Huh. And it was worth every penny. I don't know. I probably had to pay seventy five hundred bucks, but I tell you, it was worth. It was. It was an amazing experience. I felt like I'd been worked over, and I, you know, <laughs> I was clean shaven, yeah. to say the least. It must have felt. Did you get like the warm towel on the face afterwards? Oh God, yeah, and some light astringent. Uh, lotion that didn't have much of an aroma which I can't stand mm-hmm. smelly stuff men's stuff I don't, I don't like men's women's unless it's just barely legible I mean not legible barely discernible right I can tolerate that like, you know but Garland would go bathe and they'd come over here and you could smell him but, but it's, when he got out of his car we put on men's lotion. He wore a lot of cologne. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, that uh, that trip to Paris, that uh, 10 days was amazing. We would walk back streets. We went into a pizza shop that was like, the seat, main seating area was barely 10 feet across and maybe 20 feet in length. And you had to sit in uh, chairs up against the window, not chairs, stools up against the window. And they would bring your pizza, you would, they would serve your pizza there. Huh. And uh, we'd stroll hand in hand on these dark uh, streets, narrow streets, back down to 
the island and watch people down on the banks of the Seine having a party and singing and playing guitars and mandolins and shit. I've got some videos of them. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, that was a great trip, except for the plane. Huh? Fly. That just kills me, the time difference. Oh, yeah. Not the time, the plane ride is just atrocious. Even if you're in first class or business class, it's... It's miserable. It's a long flight. Yeah. 12 to 14 hours? Uh, actually, uh, it takes... It depends on where you're connecting. You can't get one from here directly there. you got to go right. to Dallas or uh, Chicago or Atlanta. And both times we went through Atlanta... And uh, we had a five-hour layover, four or five-hour layover there. Oh, and that's a pain in the ass. One time we had one of the uh, one of those fancy lounges, but uh, because of the price of our tickets, but uh, it's just the travel part is a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's boring, and, and then you got to sit. And then it was back when you. That was when. You know, you had to go through security and that sort of thing over there. And uh, there was this tall... Uh, yeah, I don't get into that. They were just very fascinating people we met <clears throat> over there. I got pictures with some gendarmes. Oh, really? And then, yeah, and it depends on where they were. But then there was something happening at the the Arc de Triomphe, and um, a bunch of gendarmes pulled up there, and I tried to get one to take his picture with me, and you know he had his uh, submachine gun across his chest, and he says no, no, monsieur, no, no es possible. Oh, Emily, uh, Emily just said she thinks she got the job. She just looked at me and said, uh, she's looking at her phone and saying, I think I got the job. Is it uh, in an office? It's in an office, but I think they're doing remote right now. It's uh, you, it's troubleshooting, are you, basically. Are you off? Are you guys still on uh, speaker? Yeah, we're on uh, we're on speaker. I should actually probably wrap this up. The uh, camera died a couple minutes ago. <laughs> okay, I was wondering how you guys are going to work that. You're both working remote. Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. As long as you do what you're told. Yeah. As long as she does what she's told. No. <laughs> what? As long as she does what she's told. <laughs> I'm the boss. I'm the manager. I'm the man. <laughs> Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all so right. I, you are as much as I am. <laughs> well, do you have any parting words before I let you go? No, I love you guys. I love you too. Try to enjoy your lives. We'll try. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay. Emily, you want to come sign off real quick?
Well, uh, thank you for tuning in. That was my dad. Um, he, he likes to talk. I love listening to him talk. He has great stories. He's a very intelligent man. Uh, and he's just great to listen to. And I'm glad I got to share him with you. Um, and if you're watching, sorry, the camera ran out of uh, juice. But uh, you're getting to listen if you've made it this far. Emily, uh, any parting words? Thank you very much for listening. I've got a phone call to make. She has a phone call to make. I'll let you go. Thanks for tuning in. If you're able to, please um, become a Patreon subscriber. Oh, there's all sorts of noise coming up. Fucking Amber Alert. Who's gotten kidnapped now? We have a uh, gray Chevrolet Trailblazer SUV in Crystal City, Texas. On the loose. Uh, so if you see that vehicle on the loose, um, call the cops. And I uh, love you. Uh, be sure to subscribe if you haven't. And again, if you're able to, become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash thatthingwithjames. I will catch you soon. Um, sorry I missed like the last week and a half. It's just kind of been going a little nuts in quarantine. But... I'm back for this one, and I'll try to be back again next week. I love you. Bye-bye. I was like, uh-oh.